0: Good evening everybody. Your eyes do not deceive you. The Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is down to its skeleton crew on this week's episode because it's 100 degrees out in Texas and I'm not going outside anytime soon. We have an interesting show for you today considering that AEW ran unopposed last night and uh, safe to say they didn't do well. What are we talking about? Well, find out next on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Be right back. to season two episode 25 of the big gold belt wrestling podcast it is i damien g in the host seat today uh the giant crab jamal to my left on screen how are you sir
1: I'm uh, well thank god baseball is back the wednesday was the longest 24 hours in the history of revolving around the sun but there's baseball and it starts off with two double headers so let's go mets
0: did you catch the all-star game at all
1: I never really watched the All Star Game, and that's largely because the game doesn't matter. They only pitch for two and a half innings, um, and it's on Fox, and that usually means Joe Buck. And I would rather stick my dick in a pencil sharpener than listen to Joe Buck. Um, the Home Run Derby, though, uh, did you catch any of that?
0: I did. I caught. I caught a good chunk of that. That you know what? I feel like that's new. That's baseball slam dunk contest, but better. Um, it
1: was fun. I hate the coverage on ESPN. Um, I think Mm -hmm. the way like the basically you're just, you want to see the ball go as far as humanly possible. And ESPN was doing all of these goofy camera angles instead of showing the ball go as far as humanly possible. And then they have all of these 3D metrics and gimmicks and graphics and lasers and all this other stuff and AR that they borrowed from WWE. And it's just like the Home Run Derby is the same it's been for 50 years. A dude with a big ass bat knocking the stuffing out of the ball, five hundred feet. Correct. Now the question is, the balls that they were using because everybody was you know, hitting balls four seventy five. Use those in real games. I mean, you know, if you, if you don't want them to hit the ball, pitch better. But if they touch it, it's going a mile. That's baseball. I mean, but again, that's a that's a that's a story for a different podcast. Uh, you know. Yeah.
0: Which we could straight talk about ad nauseum if we had to, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. three
1: facts we sell us someday.
0: But AEW brought home what they thought was going to be a very interesting and dynamic show last night. Uh, I did catch a lot, a good chunk of it, yeah. and then the main event was Jericho against Kingston in a barbed wire everywhere match. Now, yes. AEW going into this was zero for one on barbed wire everything matches with the moxley omega match and the uh fizzle heard around the world uh kingston and jericho two people you wouldn't have synonymously put wrestling together in what seemed to be a death match but yet AEW thought this was going to be a great idea this was going to be a ratings get because it's a blood feud eddie kingston is now apparently the man of the people and jericho is the person that is persona non grata and they want to destroy him at all costs Right. While they sing Judas when he comes to the ring. So I caught a good chunk of the match. And I gotta say off the top, I didn't like it. Ooh. I didn't like I didn't like most of it. Um and I thought this was a a matchup of two people who are not great dance partners. If it wasn't a different avenue in terms of match style, I might have given it given it a better grade. It just fell flat for me. Uh, I, I, if you've seen one barbed wire Eddie Kingston match, in my opinion, I love Eddie. You've seen them all. Jericho, you know, trying to be 52 years old in barbed wire matches. to cut the bullshit and uh, accept the fact that, you know, he needs to lay on, lay on the slapstick in order to be, in my opinion, relevant. And then when we get to the ending, just look, I know he's their Tommy Dreamer. I know Eddie's their Tommy Dreamer. But goddamn, this would have been a perfect time to at least get one. To get one match. His beating Raven match could have been here, but it wasn't. And you've gone on record and said that you are not an Eddie Kingston fan. And uh, I pretty much, you probably just saw this coming. So what are your thoughts on barbed wire everywhere and nowhere at the same time?
1: Well, well here's the thing. Um, was it an overproduced mess of, of a match? Absolutely. See, <laughs> but that is to be expected of AEW when they over-pro- over-promise on their gimmicks. Uh, with that said, though, I don't think it was as bad as the internet makes you believe. I do think that it was not good if you are a fan of these type of matches. Sure. Now, that's kind of the problem. Um, it, it, it was almost like watching Division 3 sports. It is the sport that you see you played on the professional level, but there's just something missing that makes it the NBA or or, or hockey or baseball. And, and it doesn't mean that Kingston and Jericho aren't good individual wrestlers. Uh, the couple of things that were working against me is number one, I don't like Eddie Kingston anymore because I don't give a shit about Eddie Kingston. As a person, as a character, as a player, uh, him being a lovable loser, well, when I started to think about it, that's had been his whole career. And when he, you know, kind of did this thing and he's uh, this level loser, you know, fight, fighting for the people, the difference between him and CM Punk is that Punk had a belt, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Have uh, fuck, even the Jets won a championship 50 years ago. So yeah, it's, it's the wrestling is about wins and losses. AEW specifically said that they're about wins and losses. And if you do not win, and we've seen this with other gimmicks, Sean Spears, the perfect Ten. How are you perfect? And you lose, habitually lose, you are cannon fodder. So that's, that's what it is for me. And then of course the reaction to that isn't the fact that you lose, it's the fact that you never get a shot. The man's keeping you down. All these other trappings, instead of the fact that like, no, if you've been divorced six times, it may be a you problem. <laughs> Looking you know, at I hope- you, Ric Flair. <laughs> I'm just saying it may be you. you. You may have some 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 inward looking um to do. And then of course there is Jericho, who's long of the tooth, well past his prime. Not saying that he doesn't have some you know some viability, but he's Bartolo Colon out there. And if you're and if you know, you know. Oh, or, oh and if you God, know, you know. Okay. All right, that's fine. And again, I hey, I'm literally in a metro right now. I love Bartolo, but he was 75 fucking years old and he shouldn't have been out there given up 900 foot home runs, um, I could have hit off Bartolo and I'm blind in one eye, but the idea is, uh, you had oh, just a recipe for disaster. And, and unfortunately, you know, Connor serving you, is selling you steak tartare when it's honestly a sloppy Joe. And that's a different problem. You know, I think to give this match gravitas. Don't add more to the match, add less. Let them tell the story. Don't take the storytelling away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you do when you add these gimmicks that are bigger than the personalities. And that's hard to do with a, with an overblown personality like Eddie Kingston and another overblown personality like Jericho. And then you overshadow that with barbed wire and sharks in the graphics and all this stuff because of Shark Week, don't you know? And that's, even before the bell rings, it's an overbloated mess. So this blood feud that's supposed to happen is happening because Kingston and Jericho are supposed to be telling the story and when it mattered the most, you took the mic away from them and gave a shark's wrapped in barbed wire.
0: <laughs> and apparently locks that can't be opened in like 45 seconds. On no, live TV,
1: apparently. no. So th- th- this, is, and this is what you do. Uh, you want to padlock a shark cage. Have the heel come down with bolt cutters from yeah. now on just do that make it easier make it easier and, and you know i don't mind that and i thought it was actually pretty hilarious that uh the two thinner guys could fit through the um barbed wire cage I'm like oh no fuck, we gotta go and they went through the cage and then fathead matt, matt minari could not uh, get that <laughs> you know balloon animal through the um through the barbed wire i mean through the um bars of the cage Him And mean hager had to stay uh but the bottom line is is that Yes, there were a lot of moving parts and they were quickly, you know, rushing, rushing, rushing and it ended, you know, it the match didn't again, a typical of AEW, the match ended and it didn't have any time to breathe before Jim Ross pushes you out the door into oh, another thank you.
0: it's not just me that hates that. Jesus. Yeah, I mean Christ. yeah, because
1: we got to get to that 50th showing of Independence Day every week or whatever the movie is or whatever. Um and that is you know rather annoying when you want to sit there and the and revel and it just ends with Eddie Kingston sitting on an apron with a stupid, you know, grin on his face.
0: The grin on his face.
1: And yeah. and he's just like, ah, damn it. Oh, you know, you lost again. Cause that's what you do. Um, and then of course they had the barbed wire um, mattress that they didn't use, but they so they had to get that spot in. And, it, and it's just that's that's you know, it's an overblown mess. And it really doesn't help anybody. And it doesn't end the feud. It just doesn't. <laughs> And that's it's supposed to you want.
0: that's supposed to be the ender, you know. Right. A barbed wire match should be the blow off to any blood feud, and yet we're gonna get this again, right? Again,
1: uh oh, right. Fella. So so really what the match should have been uh was a last man standing match or an I quit match, something that can have the level of barbarism that you uh would want from uh to, from people like that. Uh, you know it's going to get violent. you know it's going to get dangerous, but it doesn't and it includes the shark cage whatever but mm-hmm. the fact is is that you um when you have Justin Roberts out there with a barbed wire lace microphone, you've already uh you've you've already taken the wind out of the sails of the two guys telling the story and that's that's unfortunate
0: so I guess my next question in regards to this match and I, I hate putting fantasy booking hats on, but I'm going to ask because why not? Yeah, why not? What would have been the better way to book this match in terms of its flow? Not the result, but the flow of the match.
1: Um, well, number one, they needed five more minutes. Uh, yes. just, just okay,
0: good. Time. So it wasn't just me who thought it was abrupt. Okay. Yeah, they
1: they, they needed five more minutes um, they because they were rushing to get key spots in, but unfortunately, they didn't really matter because you've already um it's a michael bay movie you know whatever the story was you've all you've all it doesn't really matter anymore because i'm just here for explosions uh you know this thing is two and a half hours um i don't know what it's about but shit is going to blow up and that's kind of what the match was so uh the direct answer to the question is um i really think that it should the the shark cage incident actually should have happened earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that maybe it's a little bit more, you know, of ingenuity with uh, Daniel Garcia picking the lock the whole time while he's up there. You know, maybe he realizes that he can squeeze through the cage and just says, fuck it and jumps. Right. You know, Hey, it's not his fault that they uh, do a thing and the cage wasn't super high. You know, maybe they have, maybe Ruby and, um, and Anna have a tussle with the cage, raising it and lowering it and stuff like that. I, I just think that, um, uh, give the guys in the ring, who are, you know, old, uh, give them a chance to breathe a bit while the focus shifts to the cage, and then and then we have the run-in, and then we had Ty Conti out there, and then, you know, the whole thing. I, I don't necessarily need all of that. And then, and also, uh, also, really, it's a barbed wire every, everywhere death match. Do we mm-hmm. really, 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 really need to keep gender lines uh, going uh, within the confines of gender lines thank you it, i don't care who you are out there hello i don't care who's out there anybody can get it because it's barbed wire everything there there needs to be some suspension of of, of it should be anarchy it should be anarchy in the arena don't you know and and that's um uh, a thing that's kind of like there's so many moving parts it's kind of hard to keep a track of everything and then in the end you have this kind of anticlimactic finish, with the expected result of Jericho winning because Eddie Kingston's a fucking loser, and nobody wants to admit that. Good not everybody. Shark Shark Week.
0: You know. Yeah, everything is about shark, shark, sharks at that point. Baby right. shark, mama freaking shark. Freaking sharks, sharks shark. with
1: freaking lasers on their heads.
0: Uh, so I'm with you in terms of we should have had less shenanigans, less so is more. jumbled. Yes. Less is more. Yes. Uh, the bowl cutter idea, genius. I agree with you completely. The thing that tripped me up at the beginning was why? I, I know storyline wise, but really, Ruby, Soho's going to be the person behind the controls. Like that's You're just begging to tip your hand on, well, Tay's going to run in. And then, yeah, sure, the Anna Jay turn really didn't have enough time to breathe from the week prior when they were talking, off, popping off to each other backstage. So, didn't hit, leave it enough time. That's the one thing actually I took away from this is more, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Uh oh. I am more interested in the Jericho Appreciation Society than I am about the Blackpool, uh, Blackpool Combat Club. And I never thought I would utter those words. But I am more interested in the dorkiness and the, the wonkiness of Jericho and his cronies. And a, a, a thing about this that I've enjoyed is actually Daniel Garcia finding a modicum of charisma. You know, mm. people were people were saying that he was going to be, you know, his in ring is impeccable, but he's essentially Alberto Del Rio, the black hole of charisma. But yeah. having him in this role of being the shooter that could literally could could make cornball jokes from the looking like a boy band member with the kangle, you know, to yeah. having a little bit of fun with the character. I think this does a lot more from it. I'm going to say the word sports entertainment perspective or respective than you know the black the black pool combat club is a thing, and on paper it should be
1: great, but it's not. Respectfully disagree. On paper, it makes fuck all sense.
0: It's not great, and
1: I'm saying like on paper it doesn't make sense because you have. Brian, who came out and said, "Well, I want to leave this boy band of young upstarts," correct. With my friend, who's a twenty-year veteran, okay. Well, we disagree on how we're going to start the boy band, so let's get another forty-year veteran out there. There's only one boy us. band member
0: of that whole group. <laughs> right,
1: right. So it doesn't, and and then he was for the other company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And, and then you just comes in. He just wanders in the door. And he's like, "Hey, guys." you're in happy to be here you're hired. <laughs> happy to be here yeah right uh, as so, far as the thing though real quick as far as the um thing with uh Garcia and uh, I don't I get why uh, the Blackpool crochet club came out what I don't get is is why the dark order didn't get involved Anna was out there right there's no reason to believe that the dark order is anything other than fine well Anna's out there. I'm not saying that they should turn a heel with her, but what I am saying is, where were they?
0: Hanging I mean, the hangman in the back,
1: right? And that was the main event, so it's not like they had anything else to do for the show. Right. So you know, we could have seen, we could have seen a, a well-timed split. Maybe there's some in the Dark Order that helps um, the Blackpool Club. Maybe there's some of the Dark Order that helps the Appreciation Society. That's another little wrinkle that could have been exploited. Because Anna decided to come out there on her own and make a choice, so mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe Reynolds picks a side and maybe um, Silver picks a side. Maybe Uno is like, "Fuck this! I, I, I'm washing my hands of everything." Preston Vance, goes on of, own. Yep. Yeah, he just he's mm-hmm. coked out of his mind. So who knows? But the, and, and well, and who knows what code is? But the idea is, she's a part of that group. There's no reason to believe that she left them, except she left them, and they don't seem to care about that.
0: That's the thing about the 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 Dark Order was I, I remember distinctly they were leading to an internal split a couple of months ago right. where they weren't getting along. You know, they had Stu and Alan, Angels, and everybody was bickering. This would have been a, the perfect time to re-explore that. But if exactly. we come to look at the Dark Order, it's basically Reynolds and, and Silver and yeah. Ten and Uno.
1: They're down to four.
0: Yeah. That's right. it.
1: That's it. That's it. That's the only reason
0: got. why it still exists is because, and in my opinion, the only reason it still exists, Brody Lee Jr. That's it. That's the only reason it still exists. Right. I would have disbanded them a while ago.
1: Right. But. I still think they should disband him. And, and, and as far as the kid goes, uh, he can go away for a few years and then come back. He will always right. be Brody mm-hmm. Lee. He will always be, uh, you know, that person. I don't think he needs to be married to this thing for the next five, six years until he... Graduates or turns eighteen or whatever the case may be, but they shouldn't string that. Al- they shouldn't string those guys along for fucking ten years to wait for this no. kid to grow up. That's insane.
0: They they could just have that be something you know in real life at conventions right. and they hang out like you know one offs. That's fine. Yeah. But so aw like, like I said at the beginning, they ran unopposed, and by yeah. what I mean by that, we talked about it before we came on the air, is that there were no other sports on last night. Nothing. The only thing of a sports fan that would be interested in would be the ESPYs because the Major League Baseball All-Star Game was on Tuesday, I believe. It was, yes. There's no more NBA. There's no NFL. There's no uh, NHL playoffs. Nope. It was strictly the SBs and Dynamite. And right. they didn't even pull a million.
1: Right. So I have the ratings in front of me. Um, the uh, persons overall two years old plus, is 910,000. And the way Showbuzz uh, Daily, which is where I'm reading this from, uh, characterized the graphic is with a green, yellow, or red, red being black, being green being blue, and yellow being in the middle. And this was an average um, leaning towards below average rating per Showbuzz Daily. Um, and I think it's very interesting because of the fact that they ran virtually unopposed with any um, considerable sports um competition um the espies was on espn and that was the only show uh from eight until it ended uh and they did you know a pretty decent 0.26 in the key demo of uh, 0.42 in in 1849 so a lot of people presumably that would want to watch sports probably didn't watch dynamite and watch the espies uh but the bottom line is is that uh the key demo which is the one that really matters and that's 18 to 49 uh they were number one in and if you look on twitter tony khan tweeted that out that they were number one for the fifth week in a row no. that statement is true but the fact that the viewership is actually down is also true and for this show which had a very high profile gimmick match to end it in a very high profile specialty uh we you know don't know if you noticed it was shark week and they gave out goofy ass hats to let you know that it was shark week um in in atlanta or duluth or suburbs um and it was number one the number two show was tucker carlson now granted it murdered the boomer market which is 50 plus but tucker carlson between 18 and 49 uh was a couple percentage points a couple hundredths of a percentage point below aew followed by the real housewives of of Chattanooga, wherever the hell it is this week, I don't know. Um, a show in Spanish that I'm not going to try to pronounce because that's racist. And The Five, which is a show on Fox News. So there was no breaking news. There was no other live team sports. Um, the ESPYs was, uh, was on ABC, and that's fine too. But it was AEW followed pretty closely behind Tucker freaking Carlson on Fox News. So, yeah, that kind of tells you about the demographic of who's <laughs> watching. But it also tells you that 910000 which you run unopposed, is pretty interesting. There are those that are going to tell you that ratings don't matter and television is dead, so who cares? And and they're going to move the goalposts and say that people dvr it up to seven years uh, down the road, so the ratings <laughs> don't matter anyway. Except it does, because this is how you know they make their money via advertising. Correct. So yes, number one in the key demo, but it's a huge asterisk because the actual viewership was down, and if it was down for this, then what does that really say about the product? Is Jericho and Kingston the draw that they thought it was? Maybe, maybe not. Um, is the fact that, you know, uh, the T and Wardlow was not on the show last night, uh, you know. Really? Did, yeah, I
0: don't, he, oh, dang, you're right. He, he wasn't was on not. the show last night.
1: He wow. was not. So, uh, did that have something to do with uh, the lack of actual, you know, total viewers? I, I don't know. I don't know because I can't see minute-by-minute minute stuff. But the bottom line is, is that considering, you know, if you ask Khan, this is number one. But the real is, people less people watched this week than last week. So what does that mean for this feud that didn't end uh, last night? It did not blow off. No. And people decidedly not watched when they didn't have much other sports options. Uh, I think that's pretty telling of, A, the Kingston-Jericho feud, and AEW as a brand, uh, you know, we're well past the honeymoon phase, but it is interesting to see that the growth isn't what the, their, um, their fans, their, uh, you know, it isn't what they want you to believe you to be. So, it's stagnated. A little bit, mm. a little bit. And I mean, like, and you can take, throw all the other bullshit aside. Like, yeah, it's the den of summer and people are traveling. So what? I mean, I don't care. People still watch TV. And I don't care where you watched it. People still watch TV in America, so if this is a must-see show, it's not like you can't watch it anywhere else in the country, around the world. So the bottom line is, is that without major competition, these ratings they, they should have been blown out of the water, uh, but they they were not. They were closer than they should have been, and that is an interesting uh, commentary on the direction of the of the brand potentially and the direction going forward so hopefully that is a is a canary in the coal mine signaling that we should end this jericho kingston feud shit immediately if not sooner don't please jesus don't drag this out to all out
0: i have a sneaking suspicion that the injuries that are mounting up in in wrestling in general and AEW, have a lot to do with this uh if brian was healthy and we would have gotten the 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 crochet club as you like to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As a, as opposed to Kingston and Jericho in this spot. You know, I, I went through the card last night. I looked again. I said, who else could have been who else could have been in that spot? And look just like just like 182 says, Omega Pump Brian, all the top stars, if they would have been there, it might have been a higher draw. And I think that has a lot to do with it because the general wrestling fan knows who all those people are for the most part. Omega Punk, Bryan, et cetera. Right. Not many people know who Eddie Kingston is. Ooh. At all. I, you know, in terms of star power. We know Ooh. who he is. Inner workings know who he is. But Punk and Bryan, those are former WWE guys. And I know a lot of people hate the fact that AEW... Leans on them, but let's be real here. They're a name. We've talked about this numerous times. They are a name that does have some outside reach, besides wrestling. Right. Obviously, it wasn't going to do well with Jericho and Kingston. So you're right to your to your point earlier. Did Khan overbet himself? I think he had no choice but to put that match in the in the main event. But still, that should cho- that should show that the talent level is not as up to television rating snuff as people make it out to be, because they got a lot of great workers in AEW, but not a lot of people jump off the screen.
1: Right. And that's, but so then that's kind of my point though. And and you can argue okay. that if Omega was there, well, fuck that because Omega hasn't been there since November. So that's not really the issue. Uh, Punk and Brian were there. Well, that those are no knowns. They weren't going to be there that was not the case. We don't know when Punk is coming back and it could be later this year, like, or you know, maybe by All Out and Brian possibly by All Out too. So the point is, is that yes, I do agree with the idea that uh, AEW does have a hideously bloated roster with a very short star power shelf life. What I disagree with uh, or, or am questioning is, what does this say about the product itself where they run unopposed and have such a stagnated you know rating, do they need to reinvest in their stars so that they actually have a viable two, three, and four person? If, if 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 it is next man up and this is the next man up and this is what they pull, then there's then then what are we talking about here?
0: 182 in the chat says those are still good ratings. AEW is not for everyone, and that's okay. The core fans of AEW will always watch. Agree. A- but AEW I'm talking about agreed. growth. Yeah, we're talking about growth and revenue. You know, we yeah, well, can watch the revenue.
1: yeah, the revenue is the revenue is the the peak, the key demo, which they were number one in. So that's that is the truth. But the growth uh, that we're talking about mm-hmm. is the fact that they didn't do more. That, that that's what that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, this is like the Warriors winning by five when they should have won by fifty. Uh, yeah we're talking about on paper they have the the parts in place to knock it out of the park last night and for whatever reason they kind of didn't so the ratings would be fine so everybody you know that's invested in AEW and their uh, and their um, contributors but in,
0: but inevitably you're going to want to grow your audience
1: you have to grow your audience
0: you have to grow your audience or us you're running stagnant and we talked about this about smackdown it's been running stagnant for god knows how long and uh we'll talk about that after the commercial break here on the big gold belt wrestling podcast thank you for tuning in with us myself damon g and jamal we will be right back big gold belt media is your golden standard for all of your media needs visit biggoldbelt.com for pro wrestling info movies comics and even more digital content on all of your social medias follow us at big gold belt all across the board listen to this show and more on your soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts And welcome back, everybody, to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Again, Damien G and Jamal in the driver's seat today talking AEW, talking barbed wire everywhere, ratings. And before we hit the break, uh, I briefly brought up that SmackDown is going through a similar stagnation in terms of their overall quality and product and ratings. So I know we talked about that, too, Jamal, and I think it's it's really simple. You don't have Roman— and even if you did have Roman on your show consistently, it would get stale because a lot of people are saying that the bloodline is starting to get stale. Mm-hmm. Now, does it have to do more with them or the lack of challengers to their stable?
1: Yeah. I mean, the guys had a 43 year run as champion. He's beaten everybody six times over. Um, eventually, you know, once once that suspension of disbelief that something can happen goes away mm-hmm. it kind of makes you know, it kind of makes everything a bit redundant and that's I guess where they are um but also I mean I, and I don't know if because people the loyalists they are you know are addicted to brand loyalty and there are those that are going to watch WWE regardless sure. um they could have a WLC match on Smackdown to close the show this week and people would still feel the need to tune in and that's fine uh, the idea is smackdown has you know pretty much underdelivered and as far as fox goes uh, the ratings were supposed to be you know a lot higher than they were they are not uh, fox paid a billion dollars for this property and the question is in 2024 considering where smackdown is today does fox actually resign do they renew their? Do they work out another deal with WWE? And more importantly than that, is SmackDown still worth a billion dollars to Fox? Is is
0: WWE in general worth it to Fox? You know, because right. with all the the Vince McMahon hullabaloo and the 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 allegations, and, still waiting
1: for the other shoe to drop on that. Yep, the Wall
0: Street Journal reports, and who's to say when it's going to drop? But we talked off air about the fact that WWE might have promised. What at least million two million viewers for SmackDown on an average?
1: I I, I heard five five? because they're doing two, yeah, they're doing two-ish now, you know, low low two point something. Right. I heard five, but this was of course a couple years ago when they signed the deal in 2019. So the question is, you know, is that property worth a billion dollars when honestly Fox can just run MasterChef again for two hours or whatever. Cheaply produced, you know, overhyped show that they watch. You know, Crime Scene Kitchen, again. WMAC has-
0: Masters, bring that back.
1: Bring- American Gladiators, bring it back. Oh,
0: bring it back. No Hulk right. Hogan as the host, though.
1: No, we got to bring oh, back oh, Adam no. Lee.
0: You got to bring back... No, Tom don't Mark bring Christian back Adam Lee. With us.
1: I don't think Adam Lee can work anymore. I believe he had a uh, an aneurysm. That's right. I do recall that. Yeah. But, but either way... Um, You know, there are other options for Fox, uh, considering they do have a sports division. They do have, you know, uh, uh, other shows that they can work into the fold. Mm -hmm. None of those are going to add up to a billion dollars. So what? And and then and then also, you know, for some of the season, for some of the year, rather, the XFL will be coming back uh, next year. And that is a thing. Friday Night Football, uh, XFL style on Fox. I'm not obviously I don't don't know, you know, if that's even going to be a thing. Who has the rights to that but the bottom line is if, if fox does is that something that you replace smackdown with that is very possible assuming that they have the rights to that and and that's kind of what it is does fox still hold up i mean does smackdown rather still hold up to fox and in 2024 i want to say january 2024 that's going to be the billion dollar question i'm not sure if they're still in that trajectory
0: I don't, I don't see it unless they add another wrinkle to the programming to make it worthwhile. Especially like you just said, we don't know when the other shoe is going to drop with Vince and the allegations. Will he still be in the company as CEO at that point by the time 2024 right. rolls around? Uh, I, I don't understand why Fox paid a billion for WWE programming. Uh, I thought that was a big, you know, quote a draft, quote, it's a reach. But you know what? It's not my money. But at the same token, you know, with the exception of the occasional NXT match, I have no longer watched WWE as religiously as I used to. And I am in that key demographic as a wrestling fan. So, again, this is what happens when you put yourself, you book yourself into a corner or paint yourself into a corner where your biggest attraction is showing up at 30% of the shows. And you've left the the double a team to run the show while uh while you're on the injured list so to speak
1: so, yeah talk about next man up who who that's well we have the uh the the new vicious viking raiders so there's that
0: kratos and friends yeah okay. we could we could we can go back we can go back to the new day but i don't think the general populace wants to see the new day if you get what i'm saying All right. so well, who else is there? Riddle. He's on Raw. The brand, the brand
1: splits over. You, you know, you know who's there. Goldberg.
0: I mean, he's in the back pocket, sure, but I mean, consistently day to day, like.
1: But I, but I, but whenever that's happened before, though, WWE has kind of gone into their back pocket of and course. consistently brought up and rehashed these old things. And yes, that does that only gets you from from point to point, but we're talking consistently weekly. They need to put on 52 shows a year or 50 ish, because I think they take off Christmas. They need to put on a shit ton of shows. And the bottom line is, is that they may not have enough for a number of different reasons to get them over the hump. And, you know, it's July of 2022. Uh, We're talking five months until the end of this year, plus another 12. So that is a year and a half until that show is up for bid versus uh, Fox and NBC and whoever wants it is it worth it for uh, big television to invest in wwe nowadays with the scandal with the shows uh with the content more importantly there's the content um i i don't know and, and who knows like, and, if, and if not fox then who maybe nbc just redeveloped reinvested it um and, and takes it over hell we'll even wwe be even sold could be sold in 18 months who knows
0: and that is something we've talked about on the show about when Nick Khan was doing what Nick Khan does, we mm-hmm. were thinking, what's the purpose? What's the point? And I know on multiple occasions we brought up potentially the, the house of mouse, right? potentially throwing their money at it. And, and I, I, the way it's going now with Vince and co I'd say, if Disney wanted to throw some money at me, have fun,
1: right. I'm out. I'm out. Right. I mean, that's, that is interesting. But um it, it well it's just it just everything remains to be seen. There's a lot of balls in the, in the air in that regard. Of course. Um but I just think that that's that's gonna just that's just something to keep in your back pocket for the next eighteen months. Uh you know, SmackDown could absolutely turn it around and get a ton better. Um there were those rumors about WWE upping their rating to T V fourteen. Didn't see anything happen with that. But if that does happen, that's something that we talked about last week. Uh, you know, how does that, you know Make its way throughout the company. Uh, what does it actually mean, you know, for the company? Uh, I don't think that that's going to save them, but uh, no. but they need to do something differently. and that's unfortunately not something that they're going to do because of Vince. I mean, Vince is the the son of the moon and the stars. So,
0: well, it's it's a it's a narcissist project. You know, Vince has to be Vince. Vince has to have it done his way, where. I don't know if we talked about it last week because I wasn't here, but the report where a handful of women SmackDown wrestlers basically went on record and saying, Vince wants to make himself the show, which it's his company, and they felt like they're not being used at all. So it's like, why are we bothering showing up? It's, It's like they're going back to the dark ages of the Divas division. And it's true. We talk about using your roster. We talk about AEW being bloated at the top. But at least they're trying to use their people in the mid card. WWE not so much. I mean, aside from Corbin, McAfee, what now? Now they're trying to boost Madcap. What else is there in the mid card beside the New Day? Right. A- and them fighting Butch, Butch and Sheamus for like four thousand seven hundred twenty-two times. Uh, SmackDown is yeah. in trouble. From a view, I-, I know they'll get their no- their ratings, but we're talking about again growth, right. growth and development.
1: Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, you and know, SummerSlams
0: we'll,
1: when? Uh, should to uh, next week, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, well, the, now, the, but the question is, and looking forward, because we're talking about an eighteen-month window, does that force the hand of NXT to bring those guys up a little bit earlier? Does that force mm-hmm. the hand of those college kids that they wind up signing to get them into NXT a little bit faster? Does that speed that process up to get new? blood in the uh on tv
0: you know what they tried this remember when they tried to bring up Champa, gargano alistair black and ricochet a raw right. to inject new life into the programming and then they wound up just being tag teams but see, here's <laughs> the thing
1: and, and this is the, the, the difference between then and now is the fact that nxt is actually part of the maturation process correct at first right. it was not so you sending up Ciampa and not telling us why he's a big deal or telling us that, like, yeah, he, this guy's great in NXT. That's not the same thing as a person that's enveloped in the WWE uh, you know, culture. And NXT mm-hmm. wasn't at the time. So I think that these kids, hopefully, God willing, are going to have a better go of it and flow a lot better into the WWE ecosystem. If they don't, then what?
0: They're gonna bring yeah. back Goldberg four hundred more times.
1: <laughs> Goldberg, uh, two hour Iron Man match, book it.
0: Go bring back the fiend and all of his personas, and you know he'll come out to the Royal Rumble about seven times.
1: Undertaker uh, said, "Never say never."
0: Oh, please don't, please. I don't need Mark breaking another hip, man. I don't need that. Uh, I think this is another reason why the Big E injury is a big deal because at mm-hmm. the very least you could have had another upper mid card babyface right uh, on SmackDown. Because I feel, I feel as if all the star power is at Raw now, so you would have had at least Biggie. And unfortunately, accidents happen in wrestling. Yeah. But another thing happened in wrestling this week, as always, and we'll keep it within WWE and AEW. Little, little, little barbs were taking place on social media. Uh, and this guy has been known to put his foot in his mouth every so often. He's been called out on some of the dumb stuff he says because, you know, he likes doing it doggy style. And he still thinks he's like a new age outlaw. And right. apparently he uh, puts his foot in his mouth more than I would like to admit. But there is a gentleman by the name of Road Dog Jesse James, sir. And he went on social media or, or an interview, I don't know which, and said that if MJF, that MJF wouldn't make it in the WWE if he was to come over. Right. Now. I have
1: the quote if you one. want me to read it.
0: Yeah, read the quote.
1: Uh, and he said this on the sports Keita uh podcast that, sports Keta,
0: quote, of course it is
1: <laughs> um, right. Uh, I don't think that he would work within the same parameters. And if he didn't, he wouldn't be there. He's not a huge guy. His in-ring work is good, but he's not going to move the needle or anything. I don't think, but nobody does these days. So I'm not really, you know, talking, uh, dogging him too much, but yeah, yeah. he has a lot of creative control right now. And maybe they, AEW. Took some away from him, and that's where he's at. But we'll see when he comes back and where they go. But, yeah, I don't think he makes it too far in WWE. Um, he says, and I continue, I-, I think Vince, in my mind, would use him as a manager, maybe like the next Paul, Paul Heyman or something like that. I met the kid, spent the day with him in an autograph signing. He's a pleasure. He was respectful, and I loved it, and I loved the kid. But uh, we'll just see when he he's returns. End quote.
0: Well, I can tell you right at the top, that's the same thing I've said. <laughs> I, have, I have said that before I am not an MJ fan you guys know that That uh, he's not up there with me on the mic he's really good I feel as if he was an announcer he could probably be the next Bobby the Brain Heenan mm. but in terms of his in ring work and to Rodok's point his lack of size he's a mid card act at best
1: I think he's a mid card act at best for different reasons. And the different reasons are is that I actually think that he's a better in-ring worker than he is a talker. And the reason why is because if you actually listen to him, actually listen to him, read it. Mm -hmm. Don't even listen, just read the transcripts. He doesn't really have range as a heel. He doesn't really adapt as a heel that, and he says the thing, like he just says outlandish things that are like culturally uncouth. Okay, fine. Well, if you expect that, I'm not surprised anymore. And if I'm not surprised anymore, then what are you actually talking about? So for him to go out there and say things, and that's another thing too, when he's supposed to be this grand heel, he says a lot of things that are just things that you shouldn't say that are more than likely true. Well, okay. So is he a brash or babyface or is he this you know, shit-talking heel. Well, if I believe what he says, then no. If I don't care about what he says because he said it before, then what does it matter? And that, that, that's where I think his actual shortcoming is. But I do believe that a lot more hype is being put into him because of the fact that he goes out there and he gets these scathing reactions. Sure. Okay, cool. Then that may work on the Indies, it may work in MLW, it may work in AEW. Now, in WWE... I think that if he's really worth his his weight and salt, he has to adapt. It's just a different company. I don't care what wrestler you are, wherever you come from, uh, whether you're coming or going to a new company, you still have to adapt to that company's culture and, and your that company style. And that's going to be relevant. I mean, it, it's it just is what it is, because it's just a different time and a different company. You work at McDonald's and you go across the street to Wendy's. It's not the same thing. It's not the same what? burger. And that's 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 all that it is. So d- will he make it in WWE? It's not a matter of if. He has to. It's literally his job to make it. But will he be the next Bobby the Brain Heenan? Well, I didn't think he has that in him anyway. And that's okay. the difference between... See, the difference is like... There's a lot of people... Very few people can actually talk. And talk with a point... And, and, and get from point A to point B in five minutes and, and keep the audience engaged. Mm. There's a lot of guys that just use bullet notes and coast through a promo and get most of the promo over. The Rock can talk. There, uh, most everybody else just speaks. You see what I'm saying? There's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, John Cena can talk. Yes. I want to hear what he has to say. Um, Road dog Jesse James just speaks. He has his promo. He'll get through his promo. But I'm not really engaged. MJF is probably the best public speaker in wrestling. Mm. But I don't necessarily think that he's a great talker. CM Punk is a great talker. MJF. It's about
0: being captivating.
1: Exactly. And that's something that you just can't teach that. It's like being seven foot tall. But there (laughs) is something about that, that, that extra something that separates a good public speaker that can deliver a line and a talker that engages you in conversation.
0: Well, I, I completely understand where you're coming from in terms of talker versus being captivating. Cause you're right. Rock and Cena. would, would it be too, too hard to say their top five promos of all time, promo guys of all time
1: Maybe uh, top in, the, in the last 25 years.
0: Sure. In our generation.
1: Yeah. In our, in our so, generation. Sure. Because, because I would say that Randy Savage should be in that conversation as well. Correct. But uh, I would say the Piper would be in the conversation as well. But that language is different per, for, and it was for a different time. Right,
0: and, and I think with, with the the easiest way I can make this com- this comparison, I've I've had this conversation before, is if you remember ECW when Bubba and Devon would just rip into the crowd, Heat Wave
1: ninety nine, baby,
0: call them all the vulgarities in the book, you know, and and that's where their promo work died. You know, then Bully Ray became Bully Ray in, in uh, TNA with a little bit longer leash. So he was able to cut a little bit more of a scathing promo. But to to this whole conversation, how much could the WWE machine neuter MJF like they've neutered other talkers in the past? Because if you remember uh, before, you know, Control Your Seasoning, what won Ethan Carter III was regarded as a great mic worker, Right. And then his first six months or four months, he barely said two words. Well, on the other hand, AJ Styles apparently couldn't cut a promo. And he's one of the most trusted people to actually talk on the mic and perform in the ring at the same
1: time. Kevin Owens, same way. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, the, that's, and I think that that's really the difference. You know, there, there's a difference between uh, talking and speaking. And I think that uh, Friedman, Uh, And and that's also the thing, too, especially with that Heat Wave 99 promo, uh, listening to it now, yeah, sure, it does hold up. But if I listen to it every week, it would get over it quickly. Because once you're not not shocked anymore, oh, my God, he talked about this kid and he talked about that lady's mom and she likes apparently nine inches of black dick. And it's a whole thing. And even saying it right now for the first time in 20 years or so, thinking about that promo, it's like, oh, shit, he said that to people. And then went into the audience. And that was during the introduction, correct? And it's crazy. Now, if I did it again next week, it would be it would be old, right? Because it loses kinda,
0: that speciality exactly. Yeah,
1: right. And that's kind of what Friedman is for me. Uh, I was at Fall Gear uh, in in Minneapolis. Uh, Friedman and Darby absolutely stole the show, um, and that was a hell of a match. With that said, that kind of turned the corner on his work rate for me, but now it's kind of like. I need you to be that guy on the mic and not just say things to, you know, poke the bear. Well, okay, cool. I mean, I'm not bothered by that anymore. Oh, okay. You're rich and I'm poor. We we knew this next. Yeah,
0: next. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keeping moving. You're a rich right, guy from right. Long Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Plain view. Yeah, cool. Get it. Yeah. And next, whatever. Yeah. Next. Okay, cool. What else you got? Uh, yeah. What else you got? Um, you know, you're not going to you're not going to offend me with that anymore. So that, that's just what it is. And uh, who knows? Uh, who Because we haven't seen him since uh, Los Angeles Dynamite uh, first of June. So sure. Um, that's that's well over a month. That's well, we are well over the six week mark. So if he comes back uh, when he comes back, uh, who knows what he comes back as? And, uh, and then, of course, does he make it in WWE? Uh, I really don't think it's a far stretch to say that he won't because there's no precedent for it but the bottom line is it's literally his job. And if he's, if he's as good as he thinks he is, it's his job. Then the question is he absolutely he'll make in the WWE because he physically has to. Right.
0: All in all, who's to say at this point, it's still a little early. We always talk about his contract being up, blah, 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 but we will see. MJF is an interesting, quite mercurial talent. Uh, but depending on what show he's on, you know, will he be allowed to cut a promo? Will he be allowed to be himself? Or will he be spayed and neutered like Bob Barker's pets? Mm. But there is a show this weekend, sir, going on. And it's not just the indie spotlight. We actually have an ROH show. Mm. Yes, it does exist, kids. ROH still exists. And in its weird ROH AEW form where we're right. blending the rosters together, fine, cool, whatever. But Death, what is it called? Def,
1: Death before Dishonor. Before um, Dishonor. Yes. This, and, this Saturday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's the first, I'm calling it the first pay-per-view uh, that is the con pay-per-view. It's the first pay-per-view in the ROH, AEW, Tonyverse. And I don't count Supercard, which obviously happened, because that was going to happen regardless. Whether it was the last show ever for Ring of Honor or it playing out the way it obviously played out. That show was already on the table. It was already booked. Con had nothing, wanted nothing to do with it. But now here we are phase one of, of, the, of the Tonyverse. We have Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor um, this Saturday at 8 p.m. in beautiful downtown Lowell, Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now granted, Lowell is, a, is like old hat for Ring of Honor, um, Stomping Grounds. Uh, I believe AEW's been there before too, so it's not like the uh, folks up there don't know the product, but mm-hmm. whoa. cool, um, uh, which also isn't um something's in Boston this week. Yeah, Smackdown, Smackdown's, Smackdown's in Boston, in Boston tomorrow. Boston. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so if you're up there, uh, Smackdown's in Boston, and then you go up the uh, street a little bit, forty minutes to Lowell for the pay per view on Saturday. Uh, pay per view on Saturday, love Saturday pay per views. Uh, Sunday's pay per view is just dumb. Um, it's at 8 o'clock on, on Saturday. Here's the thing. I do think that this is interesting and the way the card has been positioned. But mm-hmm. there is a question from Mr. Barefax. Does Impact Wrestling still exist? The short answer is yes.
0: They're on right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from-
1: yeah. I believe they're on Thursdays on Access TV. Correct. Um, and they have a thing before a car, before the Impact. Uh, The question is, do you care? And, you know, and actually this is now like a good time to get into Impact because they're, I'm not going to say they're turning the corner, but they've definitely signed some names. They've had some matches. Um, There's been some buzz about Impact. So if you're looking for them, um, yeah, I I, I I suggest this is the time to seek them out. and And I rarely say that about Impact. But about Ring of Honor, because. I'm
0: looking at the card right now.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the card for this thing. And you have Allison K versus Willow Nightingale. Cool, cool. Not mad at that. It's on the pre-show, and actually, I'm not mad at that either because all eyes are on them. It sets the table for the show. It's the it's not the only women's match on the total card because you have Mar- uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb. Nice little match that's um, for the women's title. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? Not even going to go through the whole card. Watch Dark from this past mm-hmm. Tuesday. That was actually a really good go home show, setting up the pay per view. Um, in total, you saw a lot of the participants that are going to be there, except Jamo- Samoa Joe. But but Jay Lethal addressed that because Joe doesn't want to work. I I actually think that it's you know a really good setup on this week's dark on YouTube. If you're interested in the pay per view, and because it's Con, uh, the Righteous. Which is uh, Vincent Bateman and Dutch versus Dalton Castle and the Tate twins. The boys are for the six-man championship. I didn't know they got those back. I didn't know they got those back until just now. <laughs> didn't know that the Righteous are the six-man champions. Okay. Okay. Cool. But apparently that's a match that's happening. Um, seven I mean, I'm matches. glad to
0: see the Tate twins. Yeah, I'm always glad to see them.
1: Glad to get you know. You know what? Pay that mortgage, boys. Pay that mortgage. But it is interesting to see what this is. And you have Gresham versus Claudio. That's for the world championship. Joe versus Lethal. Uh, Uni versus Garcia. FTR versus the Briscoes, too. Uh, uh, Martinez versus D. Six-man uh, tag champions. There's a lot of people that are assigned to AEW. There's a lot of people that aren't signed to AEW. I think all of the matches, top to bottom, even the pre-show, should be pretty damn good. Correct. The elephant in the room is... Ring of Honor still doesn't have a presence outside of the pay-per-view. Nope. And the so, occasional
0: the occasional rampage.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean the occasional yeah. rampage match and promo. Uh yeah, Dark was kind of dedicated to Ring of Honor in a very loose way this week, but that was unannounced and unexpected. So as let me ask as you a
0: question. True. Really quickly. Uh regarding the pay-per-view itself, what is a successful buy rate? for this pay-per-view because you know, Tony's, you know, Khan is really big on numbers and buy rates. What do you think would be deemed a successful buy rate?
1: 50,000. Okay. And, and the reason why I say that is because they didn't really advertise Ring of Honor as a brand. No. Uh, a lot of the big um, advertisement from AEW side has been coming through uh Uta versus Garcia on AEW, the AEW television um, FTR cut a hell of a promo from the Briscoes who we've not seen on AEW television. Um, and then Deben Martinez has been doing a thing on dark, which has a billionth of a percent of the total ratings for dynamite. I think maybe 15,000 people watch dark live. And then we're talking 900,000 people watching dynamite live. It's not comparable. So if we're talking about word of mouth spreading through the, the, the Tony um, if they can get 50,000. To, can't, to spend 40 bucks in the pay per view. And that's also a thing that's that should be considered, too. Um, it's that these matches are good, but if you don't know who these people are, and if you're not really invested in the lore, this actually was kind of leading up to my question Are, are you willing to invest financially into Ring of Honor? Right. I mean, yeah, sure. If, I mean, if you want to pay $40 for a good wrestling show, then this is the $40 you should spend it on. But as far as it going long term, without a television deal, uh, without consistent presence on AEW television, what are you kind of spending your money on?
0: But what's their identity, too? That's another thing. What yeah. is their identity? Because if AEW is supposed to be the wrestling alternative to WWE, what's Ring of Honor? Right. right. Is it, are they the wrestling alternative to NXT 2.0, if, if that's what they're designed to do? To be a feeder system, well, and we well, talked about that. Well, that's what we've talked about in the past. I feel that that would have been successful to make them a feeder system
1: to AEW. I, I would agree with that, but then we have so much high profile talent, high profile in the legacy of Ring of Honor, high sure. profile in the current ecosystem of AEW that it would be disingenuous to call it a feeder system or AAA Ring of Honor or AAA AEW. Mm. So now that's not really the case as it's being currently presented. I think that ship has sailed. With that said, though, without a path forward, and this media scrum was earlier today. I know that there were questions about a TV deal, and that's still up in the air, and that's the long and short of that. He's got to be
0: tired of getting asked that question.
1: Of course he has to be, um, because he just doesn't know. He doesn't have an answer for it. But the long and short of it is, is that, If I'm paying $40 for something outside of just a good wrestling show, if I'm paying $40 to invest in Ring of Honor, and of course this pay-per-view would not be on Honor Club. So good luck with that if you you guys uh, invested in that. Um, Oops. Walking that back is kind of a bitter pill to swallow. So I don't know. I, I don't know if this is outside of just matches. I don't know if this is something that we're investing in right now. And they got to do something. They they can't go on so just like this. They got to keep it moving, uh, you know. Develop another show for Dark, um, and, um, um, and and keep it moving.
0: On paper, this show looks good. You know, I am a I, I am a wrestling fan, like pro wrestling, and Castagnoli, you know, and Gresham is is on paper because again, we like to say dream matches, but I feel like that term is being overused, and. Uh, it's going to be worth to watch. I'm actually right. more interested in Yuta versus Garcia. Yeah. And I, I think they've tangled on the Indies before, but yeah. I've never seen them do it. So on I a grander scale, a couple
1: of years ago, was it beyond?
0: Yes. Okay. On a grander scale, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And here's the one thing about Yuta. I don't want to be his commonplace is where he's the guy that bleeds every single match. Because it's going to get annoying and it's going to get boring that Yuta's is going to be the plucky underdog that bleeds every single big match to create a moment. How about you just give them 10, 10 minutes, have a great wrestling match, and and leave it at that?
1: Uh, just let them work. I
0: mean, yeah, that's really what it work. comes
1: down to. Just, just let them, when I mean, you're on pay per view, you don't have a, that many constraints, just just let them work. And, but I do you, agree that Yuta versus Garcia has the potential to steal the show. Um, without question, yeah.
0: What the, for me, without question, that's that's the the match to keep your eye on. And and let us know in the chat too. If you're here on Twitch or on YouTube, let us know in the chat what's the match you're looking forward to for Ring of Honor. If you're even interested in Ring of Honor, what could get you interested into it? Because a TV deal is the is the first step. But uh, before we get out of here, for y'all, Jamal has one story he wants to cover before we get out. And what is that story, sir?
1: Okay. Well, well, first of all, you know we do the Indie Spotlight every week uh, because we still want to spread uh, wrestling uh, from around the world. And I have to say that right now, uh, Terminus. uh, If you haven't uh, checked that out from uh, Jonathan Gresham and Blair and Black, they are doing a show right now as we speak down in Atlanta. Uh, Terminus Three is happening. Uh, You can catch it on Fight and um uh, you know catch the uh, replays of that it's looks like a hell of a card um but the bottom line is is that you have um Gresham versus Konosuke Takeshita who's on just a spectacular run
0: yeah he needs I, a win not, man
1: I mean true but if he's not if he's not in the conversation of wrestler of the year then I don't know what we're talking about but him but and Dax. that's
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that that match um is worth your six 15.99 or whatever it is on fight so uh, definitely give that a check out this week, uh, right now actually. Um, so the one story, because I know that we have a bit of news. I know next week we're definitely going to talk about Ric Flair's last match um, at at, at Nauseam, Uh, because Jeff Jarrett won't shut up about it. Um, we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Summerslam uh, weekend, of course, uh, because that's going to be a very interesting pay per view. Um, then of course we're going to have a, a better idea of what the weather's going to look like in Nashville uh, because Nissan Stadium does not have cover uh, and mm. that Nashville Sun as I've been saying over the past you know a few weeks that natural Sun does not care so bring your sunscreen if you're going down here because good Lord it's going to be a long one um, this is one story is not wrestling related but I want to take a little time uh, really quickly to, um, to to talk about it how long do you think a flight, Uh, Well, actually, well, it's a a Los Angeles thing. So Kendall Jenner, you know, your favorite Kardashian. Oh, (laughs) God. She took her private jet on a flight from Van Nuys to Oxnard. Now, if you're not familiar with that section of the L.A. area, the flight was 12 minutes. Now, you're a New Yorker, so I'll keep it local. That's like flying from Teterboro to Westchester. For That's no a reason skip and a
0: jump. for no reason.
1: For no reason. Now, a lot of the comments are climate change, you know, you ruin the environment. Have you sat in LA traffic before? I'm just saying that if I had a plane at my disposal and I can go from one side of town up the street, even if it was just to go to 7 Eleven, cool. I would Doordash in my uh you know, in my G6. If I had one. So, you know what? Leave Kendall Jenner alone. Let her joyride ride in her plane if she wants to. She's paying $12,000 an hour for gas and you're not. And and you go, and you know what? Be mad about it on the bus. Um, the last thing that is wrestler related that I uh-huh. want to talk about is uh, Dax Harwood. He did cut this really uh, emotional story about uh, this little girl that's been fighting for her life. And the little girl, of course, is his own daughter. Um, and Apparently, because of the outpouring of support as a resort of his story, um, they came out with a shirt that says, Fight Like an Eight-Year-Old Girl, mm-hmm. um, with a little FTR logo on it. Uh, the proceeds from that PWT's shirt goes to the American Hearts uh, Association. So if you are interested and you want to do that, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees uh, has that shirt. And if you want to support the American Heart, uh, Heart Association, um, that's a good way to do it uh, because yeah you know, it's actually a really good story and and it's one of those things that we were talking about speaking versus talking um you know Dax Hartwood was absolutely